Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome on in, Eagles fans, to episode 18 of the No Huddle Show, our Philadelphia Eagles podcast, right here on NJ.com. Coming off of what was a disaster of an effort by the Eagles on Thursday, on Thanksgiving afternoon. They give up 45 points again, lose again, this time to the Detroit Lions, now 4-7 and seven on the year, but somehow, some way, that leaves them just a game out of the NFC East League. But a lot of problems with the Eagles, we'll discuss them right now, have a lot of your Twitter questions to get to. Over the course of this show, I'm Joe. With me, as always, Elliot Shore Parks. Elliot, how you doing, man? Doing good. Enjoying, uh, enjoying this Eagles team. So it's you know doing great. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a lot of fun to watch. And also with us uh, is Mark Eckel. How are you, Mark? I'm good, Joe. Uh, better than the Eagles right now, who are four and seven. And uh, you guys were there spending Thanksgiving, uh, a day to be thankful for what you have. And uh, Philadelphia fans are not thankful for what they have right now. Uh, you were there on Thursday watching the Eagles and the Lions. And, uh, Elliot, you've been supportive of Chip Kelly over the, the years and, and obviously the weeks we've been doing this podcast. How surprised were you Thursday that it got that bad two games in a row? Four, I mean, this franchise has never allowed 45 points in back-to-back games. They do it in a four-day span. How surprised are you how bad it's gotten this fast, Elliot? That's a tough question because, on one hand – I shouldn't be surprised. I mean, they they haven't shown any signs this year of being like a really good team. They haven't shown any signs of being able to fight back. I mean, in the last podcast we talked about, uh, we we all talked about how this team's attitude and about like the uh, the culture of, of this team right now isn't one where it makes you think they were going to bounce back. But still, for some reason, I thought they might. Uh, I mean, I, I picked them to lose, but I picked them to lose in a close game. I thought, you know, I just I thought they would they would be competitive and they weren't. Um, so, you know, I was surprised by that. Uh, I mean, I still support Chip. I think, you know, I think he is still the answer at head coach. I think this is just a bad season. I mean, and I, I think the, his GMing, his first season as general manager, that's the real concern. But as a head coach, I still think Chip could do the job. But obviously, I guess, you know, it's getting harder to, to build a case for that. And it's not going to get any easier this next weekend when they have the Patriots, which really comes at a bad time in their schedule because this team – this team needs something to go right. They need something positive to happen. And I think if they were playing a team other than the Patriots, it'd be a chance of that. But playing the Patriots in New England, I mean, this team's pretty much destined to be four and eight, which I mean, that's tough. It is. It's it's something that most teams don't recover from. Oh. I, I guess the NFCs lends itself <laughs> to maybe they will. Mark, your that's, thoughts on on how bad yeah. this has gotten this quickly? Yeah, uh, Are you surprised? Yes, I am surprised. Let me, but let me just address Elliot. So who would you rather have him play, like Miami at, at home? That would be an easy one, maybe? Oh, wait, they already did that. Never mind. Um, 
I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter who they, they could play Temple and it'd be a, it'd be it'd be a toss up right now. I mean, it doesn't matter who they're playing. They they played. Remember when we this was going to be a three game win streak? Remember Miami, Tampa, De, De, Detroit? Oh, they're going to be they're going to win. The, they're going to be seven and four, right? Well, not only aren't aren't they are they four and seven? They've been embarrassed in all three games. I mean, it's but I, and I and I am surprised. I'm I'm totally surprised. I'm stunned. I watched that Lions game. I couldn't believe what I, I actually could not believe that they could be that bad. Two two straight games, and while I agree with what you said, Elliot, that you know they never showed any signs of being a great team, well, because they're not a great team, but they never showed signs of being this this terrible either. I mean, they gave Atlanta opening night good game in Atlanta. They they lost. Right? Dallas was was a bad game. The Redskins, they you know they led in the fourth quarter. They they led with a minute to go, and and you know. They were in the game, you know, Carolina, the best team in football right now, right? Only undefeated team left. Gave them all they could handle. That was a game in the fourth. I mean, the, the final score was a little, little one side. It was, wasn't as bad as, as the game was. They were in that game. A couple, I mean, they, if, if they don't drop nine passes that night, who knows? Maybe they beat Carolina. So, I mean, they, until these last two, two weeks, they haven't, no, they've not been a good team, but they certainly haven't been a, a disaster. And now they are. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, the defense was was decent. I mean, we, we were talking about you know nobody runs for a hundred yards on them. They're in the top ten in this, top five in that. And my God, they give up ninety. They made they made Matthew Stafford and Jameis Winston look like Tom Brady, and now they get Tom Brady. So I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know either. They did that. I mean, two games in a row, a quarterback threw five touchdowns against, yes. and like you said, Mark. I mean. It's Winston and Stafford. Winston may be a tremendous right. quarterback down the line. And, and, and right, and Stafford's a pretty good one, but not nowhere close to a great one. And they look like great ones uh, in the span of four days. So now let's, let's look at Jameis Winston. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Let's look at his bookends around the Eagles. Eagle game, five touchdowns. Looked great. Oh, my God. This, oh, no wonder why he was the first pick. He's the greatest player I've ever seen. The game before that put up a whole, all of ten points against the Cowboys. He won the game but put up ten points. Yesterday against the Colts, when he put up 12 points? Was that the final score to the Tampa game yesterday? Certainly, it certainly like that, wasn't, not, wasn't 45 there. Matt points. Hasselbeck beat him. Yeah, well, he, Matt Hasselbeck, he's, 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 the only, he's the only, him and Cam Newton are the only undefeated quarterbacks in the league right now. Um, but, uh, but I'm saying Winston is what he is. He's a rookie quarterback that's going to highs and lows. But my God, that they, he, he may not throw five touchdowns the rest of the year. He threw five against the And Matthew Stafford is Matthew Stafford. He's a, He's okay. He's a he's a, a a tick above Sam Bradford. So what happened? I guess is the question. I, man. I mean, I mean the I'm defense, stunned. like you said, Mark, the defense earlier bad. in the year they weren't bad, and now I mean, if you give up forty five points at back to back games, Elliot, you're a bad defense, right? This defense is now bad. I mean, I've been beating the drum all season that this Eagles defense is better than they're giving credit for. And after the Lions game, I asked Billy Davis. I said, you know. Flat out, what do you think makes this coaching staff, including you as defensive coordinator, the defense, the, the people that can turn this around? And he said because for the first five, six, seven weeks, this defense wasn't that bad. And I, I agree with them. I mean, in the beginning of the season, the defense was outplaying the <coughs> offense. And this is supposed to be an offensive team. I mean, the defense was keeping them in the game. And we've seen what happens, frankly, when the defense doesn't play well. They've, it's all fell apart. I mean, the past two games have been terrible. They blew the lead against the Dolphins. But let's not forget in that Dolphins game, the offense went, silent as well after scoring those 16 early points so 
That that being said, there's no excuse for giving up 45 points. Well, I guess they didn't give up 45 in the one game, but there's no excuse for the way they've played in the last two weeks. I mean, can they turn it around? I get that. that I mean, you've tweeted out, Joe, at time. You know, Billy D, Billy Davis's defensive, his record as a defensive coordinator, and he's never had a defense in the top 20, and it doesn't look like he's going to have that this year. I mean, is there talent there? I mean, a lot of people talk about the front seven about how good how good they are, but in reality, they I mean, they haven't had players that have performed. I mean, Benny Logan's been very good. Fletcher Cox has been very good. Like, but then when you look at the linebackers, they have none of them have performed well besides Jordan Hicks, and he's gone now. And now in the secondary, things are looking bad because you're going to have to play Eric Rowe. Byron Maxwell has been okay. I mean, he hasn't been worth $63 million, but he was never going to be worth that. Um, the safe, And then the safety plays regressed. Malcolm Jenkins has struggled recently. So I think this is a defense that does have the talent on it. But, you know, and when you look at Billy Davis's entire time with the Eagles here, I mean, he hasn't gotten the job done overall. Even if maybe for stretches the defenses look good, overall he, he – you know, he has not performed well as defense coordinator. I don't know if going into next season you can bring him back. Here, here's the problem, in my opinion, with on both sides of the ball, but let's, let's, since we're talking defense, there isn't one player. And when a team is good, when a team wins a division title or goes far in the playoffs, they have guys individually that have their best years. They have, you know, even maybe they, maybe they never play that well again or, or they, they never played that well prior, but they have a – there's always a guy or, or three or four that have career years. There's nobody on this Eagle team having their, their best year, not one guy. There's not one player on either side of the ball that you could say, other than well, Jordan Hicks as a rookie was doing great. But, I mean, Fletcher Cox, oh, he's great. He's okay. He's, he's having an okay year. He's not, he's not – I mean, he's not having a bad year by any stretch of imagination, but he's not doing anything special. He has five sacks. That's nice. Three uh, of them he, in one game. Against a, a, a third stringer. So, uh, you, know, uh, you know, whatever. Um, He's not having a, a a monster year. He's not he's not doing things that you say, oh my God, Fletcher Cox, he's killing people. No, he's 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 not hurting them, but he's not having that great. Connor Barwin last year had that year. Last year, Connor Barwin had his career year, fourteen sacks. This year, he's got what three? Uh, you know, he's not. So he's not doing it. So nobody, Walter Thurman, probably having his best year, but that wasn't. You know, he didn't have much. To, to, it didn't take a lot to have his best year. Let's put it that way. And same on offense. You know, Murray had his career year last year, 1,800 yards. Um, you know, there's nobody that's really – like, I don't think there's a Pro Bowl player on this team. And that's one of the biggest issues they have is they, they just don't have any playmakers. And, you know, I know that the city and the fans like to talk about this a lot, so what we go down that road. But, I mean, you just look at all the playmakers they used to have, like Jeremy Macklin, Deshaun Jackson, LaShawn McCoy. I mean, on defense, they, you well, know, you they haven't really let anybody – <laughs> on defense, they haven't really let anybody go. But, I mean, I think that seems – Trent Cole. Trent Cole's Trent. a playmaker. Not, he's not anymore. I mean, he's done. But, and, well, he's and, still at eight. And he's probably going to have more sacks than Barwin. And, he had more sacks last year probably than Barwin and Granville combined yeah, what's this, year? Year? What's yeah, this year. What's he Yeah, so, I mean, I just think that's the, that's the team's biggest problem when I watch them. Is, you know, they fall behind. You know, and it's not like, you know, I think they were behind 21 to seven at halftime or maybe it was 20, 28 to seven. But my point is, I mean, you know, for stretches of the game, they are in it, but they never have anybody that steps up and makes a big play. I mean, yeah. last year they relied on the special teams and Darren Sproles to give them that spark. And Sproles, I mean, you know, looking back on this season, he's made a few big plays in the punt return against the Jets, but they haven't had anybody that stepped up and made oh. a play when they've needed to. And because I don't, I mean, on offense, I don't think they have the personnel to do it. I mean, you think they you know, do on I, defense? 
Well, I think I think I don't know if I think they do on defense, but I, I think the defense outside of the last three weeks, and even against the Dolphins, still only gave up twenty points. But I mean, the defense outside the of the Dolphins, two, who just fired her coordinator. All right, I'm just saying, but most weeks, if your defense gives up 20 points, sure. you have a pretty good chance of winning that game. So, I mean, and one of those touchdowns was a fluke. But regardless, I'm not going to defend the defense today. But, but I think this, this and you know, we've we've said it before, you know, we can talk about the defense and firing and hiring a new defensive coordinator, all that. And I think certainly that will help. But this team's not going anywhere until Chip Kelly and the quarterback get get right. I mean, they, they need to find a quarterback and they need Chip to do a better job. In terms of coaching, because I mean the defense is fine, but that's not going to be what's going to turn this franchise around. What's going to turn it around is the quarterback and Chip. Right under Chip Kelly, they're always going to be as only as good as they can be with the offense. We know that. That's I mean, what all Chip teams, Kelly teams all have always teams been. Offense. I mean, if you look around the league, is there any team besides the Panthers? Is I mean, there's very few teams that are a defensive quote unquote team that are that are very good, right? Well, I mean, Seattle, like, Seattle, the past two years when he went to the Super Bowl, right, but not because of their yeah. defense and more Sean Lynch. Russell right. Wilson just didn't made some plays though, but he he wasn't why they got there. It was that Legion of Doom? Right. That's, that's why they're not, that, and that's why they're struggling a little bit this year. Seattle because their defense isn't as good. Probably right. because it, probably because they lost Byron Maxwell. But I guess yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I I think I, my point more is though this team's going to win with offense, and I think that's where Joe was going. I mean, as long as Chip Kelly's head coach, his team's going to going to win with offense. And they need to do a better job scoring. I mean, that, the defense has been very bad, but the offense has only put up 21. Oh, yeah. Oh, I wasn't involved <laughs> in the offense. But I'm just saying, that on both sides of the ball, there's not – this is rare. This is rare. I don't – I mean, do you guys agree with me that there's not a Pro Bowl player on this team? Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, I it's, guess in, in name it, and because of last year, Fletcher Cox is going to get the nod, but he hasn't been great. Oh, my God. He, if he goes to the Pro Bowl, he, he's somebody's getting getting – a bad deal because he's not one of the top four defensive tackles in the game. Or I, mean, I don't know. I mean, Sam Bradford was Sam Bradford was what twenty one <laughs> of twenty two in the second half against Atlanta. I mean, that was and he did have those six quarters before he got hurt. Don't forget. Yeah. That. So I mean, let's not you know let's not yeah. sleep on what he's done. And Murray too. Murray as as yeah as a rookie too. Right, only seven seven games into his Eagles career. But no, I don't. I mean, no, Mark's right. I mean, they. I mean, he really don't. Fletcher Cox is not a Pro Bowl player this year. He's not. Um, I'm not. I mean, he's a, he's playing okay, but he's not a pro. I mean, you saw Gerald McCoy for Tampa Bay. He dominated that game. And Dominic and Sue the week before. Right. They're both better than, than Fletcher Cox. I mean, no, nah, Fletcher Cox is not a Pro Bowl player. He's just not. Not this Guys, year. So much, so much of the conversation it's, right now is about Chip Kelly and what he did to the roster in the offseason and, and all these guys that haven't performed. And, and Ellie, you mentioned some of the guys that have moved on and have performed elsewhere. For you right now, as we sit here and, and we look forward to whatever this last month of the season is going to be, which one of the additions or the, the changes that Chip made, the players he brought in this past offseason, which one, if you had to pick out one, is the most disappointing? Maybe you expected so much more. I mean, for me, it's, I think it might be Kiko Alonso. I know he had knee surgery in the season, so that's a big part of it. But, I mean, I watched those, the last couple games, and literally, he's invisible. Like, he's on the field, and if you watched the game with someone and you said his name, they'd say, did he play today? That, that's how little impact Alonzo has made since coming back from the injury. So I, I think he might be my guy that I'm just the most disappointed because I expected big things out of Alonzo. How about you, Elliot? Yeah, I think Kiko is fair. I mean, just because of the way he played in 2013 when he was – you know, one of the best defensive players in the league. You know, I mean, you bring in Byron Maxwell and people want him to be the number one corner, but realistically, that's never who he was. Um, but with Kiko, you're right. He looked like he could be a difference maker. I mean, 
I think sometimes I think a little, I mean, he's not played well, but he also has hardly played. And I think that's a bigger issue with him is, is his health. I mean, you know, his first game and a half against Atlanta and Dallas to start the season, he was decent. He had that, that, you know, great interception. Um, then he missed a lot of time and now he's come back and he's really only started to play, you know, 50, 60 snaps the past two weeks. I'd have to check what he played against the lions, but I think his issue has more been health. And obviously going forward, the question will be, can he ever be that player? He was in 2013 because of his health. Um, but to me, to me, the biggest disappointment, or I should say the the biggest thing that went wrong with this team just all over was is probably DeMarco Murray, just because it, it encompasses everything. It was a bad move by Chip, the general manager, to give him that contract. Um, it was probably a bad move just in terms of evaluating him, in terms of how he fits into this offense, and frankly, personality-wise, how he fits into this team. Um, and the, the the issue is you're you're probably stuck with him now. I mean, he's been very I mean, he's been terrible this year on the field. The the production hasn't been there. He's had very few flashes. I mean, I could I could probably count on two or three fingers the amount of plays this year where you go like, wow, that was you know a, a great play. Whereas with guys like Lashawn McCoy, you know, there would be two three plays a week, even if you would only finish with eighty or you know sixty or seventy yards. There'd be two or three plays where you go, okay, that you know that guy's a special talent. I don't think there's been any signs of that with DeMarco this year. I mean, if you gave Kenyon Barner the same amount of carries, I'm not sure the production would be much worse. So to me, the, the biggest issue is DeMarco because he hasn't produced this year. But not only that, he's going to almost have to be back next year because he is. I mean, he's gonna, if you cut him next year, it's $13 million cap hit. And I would still consider it just because of how much of a disaster it's been. But realistically, I mean, you don't see players in the NFL get cut with a $13 million cap hit almost ever. No, you don't. And that's why, I mean, Murray, just numbers-wise, is going to be here next year, and they're going to have to deal with him for another year. Mark, how about you in terms of disappointment, yeah, all I the think, players brought in? I think you guys hit it. I think, you know, Murray on offense, it just wasn't – I mean, again, like I, I don't want to just re- repeat what Elliot said, but, yeah, you expected – I mean, when you sign the, the guy that led the league in rushing, you don't expect him to do it again. It's, it's hard to – like anything else, it's, it's hard to re- repeat, but, but you expect it – I, mean, I expected the guy to still be in the top five back in the league. I didn't expect, you know, I, if he didn't lead it, fine. Okay, he'd be third or fourth, whatever. Um, have a, you know, be a solid player. Make like I always said, make some big plays during during the course of the season. Win win a game for the team. You know, they go, well, why'd they win today? Oh, because Murray ran for 160 yards. I mean, and he he's done none of that. He's been, um, and and again, you, there's a there's a million reasons you could say why he carried too much last year to line. Blah 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 blah. But the bottom line is. He's getting paid and he's not getting it done. Uh, he will be back next year because of the cap. And you got to the Eagles have to hope and pray that next year he returns somewhat to the form that he had, you know, in, in 2014. And he's at least, you know, a top 10, a top 15 back, maybe, you know, I mean, because right now he's, I don't know, God, he's probably of the, of the 30, six, 60. Under, <laughs> I was going to say, if the, if, you know, of the top 32 backs, is he even one of them? I don't even, there's teams that probably have two guys better than him. So, I mean, yeah, he has to, and, and I think he could, who knows? I mean, you know, this, this year's, I mean, it's football as we've seen this year is such a year to year thing. I mean, guy, you know, if I would have told you before the season that Green Bay and Seattle are going to be struggling. The two teams that played in the NFC Championship game last year, that they were going to be struggling. And the reason they would is because Green Bay's offense wouldn't be that good and Seattle's defense wouldn't be that good. You'd tell me I was nuts. So, I mean, you don't know year to year. So Murray is going to, he's going to get another year. And they, like I said, they have to hope and pray that he bounces back. Um, as far as Kiko, 
he may not be back because I don't know if he's ever going to be the player. I mean, it's, it's a shame. I mean, I don't know how good he would have been because, you know, he did. He was coming off the ACL, and that's always – It's a lot of guys do come back now, and they're fine, but some don't. And he came back. He Like, like Elliot said, he had the great, one of the greatest plays ever in that Falcons game, the end zone inter- interception. That was incredible. Um, and that's, and you thought then, wow, that's, that's why they got this guy. He's going to make plays like, like that. And then he gets hurt the following week, the same knee again. And right now, like Joe, you, you said he's uh, invisible, not to the offense. They know exactly where he is. <laughs> they go after him. <laughs> he's very visible because he can't, he can't move. He has no lateral movement whatsoever. And it's a shame because he might just be done. I'd shut him down. I wouldn't play him again the rest of this year. I'd just let him, let him get yeah. help. The only reason I might play him is because I think part of the issue with him right now is rust. I mean, mm. not, not to make an excuse, but he's he's only played, you know. Yeah, he hasn't played at all. Right. I mean, and he missed all of the season before. So that's not rust. That's hurt. He's not. He's not right. It could be no. That definitely could be it. But I think the only way you find that out is you find it out next play. year. What are you worried about this year for anyway? Well, but if he, if this is as healthy as he's, I mean, he's going to be back next season because I think he only makes like. A million dollars. If he, he can't his, play, he can't play. I don't care what if he's playing. Well, but I think free. the only way you find out if he can play is by putting him out there. Because I agree with you. You you shut him down. To if if you think he's not hundred percent, then you shut him down. But if he feels hundred percent and he feels like this is as healthy as he's going to be, well, if he's hundred, put him out there. If this is as good as he's going to get. I cut. I, then I definitely just get rid of him because he's not well, right now. He's not. Najee Good's a better player than him. Right now. But that's my point. If this if this is as good as he's going to get, then you got to find that out over the next five games instead of shutting him down, thinking it's health, and then you put him out there next. Next year, when in theory in week one you're going to go into the training. season hoping oh, to be a competitive that's, team. That's why we have mini camps and training camp and OTAs and all that. That's when that's when you find out about guys. You don't find yeah. out in a 12 week of season. Sam Bradford season. was pretty good in those uh, mini camps and OTAs. Only to you guys. <laughs> only, only you and Matt. I kept telling you he, he is what he is. You guys. No, but, my, but but my point is, I just think at this point Kiko needs reps more than he needs rest. I, I guess is what needs, I'm getting I at. I think he needs to be shut down and see if that knee's going to. Playing on it is just making it worse. I think he's not healthy. If, if you, do you really think he's healthy? I don't care what no, he says. No, well, but I think I guess what I'm saying is I think he's as healthy as he's going to get. Is like, I guess the way I, I should put Forever? it. Forever? This is it. This is the best he's got. I mean, maybe with his knees. I, I mean, I don't. I, you know, then I'm he's not done. A doctor. Then, 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 then put him out to pasture. Shoot him. If he was a horse, they'd they'd be shooting him. <laughs> They're probably not going to shoot him. I mean, <laughs> he's not really a horse. Either. Yeah. <laughs> was a horse. They'd have shot him by the you know either that or he'd be working. You know, he'd be Pulling, up, pulling one of those things in New York City. You know? <laughs> to go off your point, Elliot, he makes less than a, a million dollars for next season. So yeah. you know um, whether or not, not he's back well or not. We're talking about which players are going to shoot this offseason. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good gallery. Let's take a couple of questions from Twitter here, uh, which I think are probably both for right now and, and then the future of this franchise. So at the No Huddle Show uh, to follow our podcast on Twitter. So this one... Uh, Mark, you and I kind of bantered about this before we started recording, and I, I think it's an interesting question because this is a very unique situation the Eagles are in right now. They're four and seven. They stink. The season seemingly is going nowhere. Yet you look up and they're a game behind the NFC East lead right now, which belongs uh, via tiebreaker to the Washington Redskins. So for both of you guys, do you think it's better if the Eagles win the division somehow, some way, six and ten, seven and nine, whatever? or not to facilitate change? And, and does that even matter if they win the division? I was trying to think of coaches that get fired or big changes that happen after teams make the playoffs. I'm not sure if it matters, but I know some fans are saying, I don't even want to go to the playoffs. Elliot, where do you stand on that? 
It's a tough question. I mean, me and me and Mark were debating this a few days ago. I personally think it's better if they don't make the playoffs because if you were doing this with young guys and like like all right, the Buccaneers, for example, if the Buccaneers make the playoffs, that's good for them. That's building something. You're heading. You're going forward. You have the quarterback. But to me, this team needs a lot of changes this offseason. So are you bet? I mean, if Bradford comes in and miraculously plays very well these next five games and they make the playoffs and somehow they win a game because the NFC is so bad, like, do, do you feel better? I mean, I guess you feel better going into ne- next offseason, but is that fool's gold? I mean, like, do you want to commit? Do you want to commit to this team based off what you see the next five weeks or is what or has what you've seen the first? you know, 11 weeks, and really for a lot of these guys' careers, is that more realistic to go off of? So I think there's definitely some danger in making a playoff run right now because I think you're, you would be doing it with guys that you don't want to stick around. Yeah, and I think there is a precedent even just with the Eagles, right? I mean, we've been having some comparisons from this year to 2011. 2011, they were 4-8 and eight yeah. after the first week of December. They won their last four games, and that was, that was towards the end, Andy, but they kept Andy, and I think there was – there was like a, almost a feeling like, oh, they figured it out at the end. Maybe next year they'll be a little bit better. And then the bottom fell out the next year. So, I mean, this could be similar. And if this team goes 8-8, eight and eight, uh, Mark, that's going to be good enough to win the oh, NFC absolutely. East if they somehow got there. My, here, here's my take. I, 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 I like what Elliot just, just said, and it makes a lot of sense. However, I think you have this – is, this is professional sports. You, people are paying to see you play. People are paying good money. They're, they're paying all kinds of to park their car and, and to have a hot dog and drink a soda or a beer. you got to give them your best, and you got to try to win every game. And you and if, if you make the playoffs, you never know. You I'm not saying you just never know. The Giants, both years the Giants won the Super Bowl, nobody in Week 12 thought they were even going to make the playoffs, let alone win a Super Bowl. You know, and, and the one year when they beat – Dallas, who had beaten them twice during the year, and they beat them on the road. They go into Green Bay, which was fifteen and one, and beat them. You know, I mean, that, no, that is. If you can get in, I mean, again, I'm, I'm, I don't have any grand illusions that the Eagles can be this miracle team. But even the one year, how about the year? Um, what year was two thousand? I forget. My years all blend together. The year the Eagles needed a hundred things to happen. The last day of the season. Was that 2008? 2008, I believe. Right, 2008. Same year the Phillies won the World Series. Um, everything had to go right that last day, including like Oakland had to beat Tampa, I think. And uh, the Bears had to beat. I mean, like every – they needed major up. They, they, needed, they needed like major upsets along, plus them winning, which they did, obviously. And they got in the playoffs. That was the year they, that McNabb got benched in the middle of the year uh, against Baltimore. They tied Cincinnati. That was a. It wasn't as bad as this year, but it was pretty bad. Um, and they got to the NFC Championship game and and led led in the fourth <laughs> quarter of the NFC Championship. And again, I'm not saying that could happen. I'm not saying it, but you never know. I, I, guess I do my... know this: if you're not in the playoffs, you can't go anywhere. If you're in the playoffs, what if they make the playoffs and they're home and they win a game? And now they got to go to Carolina, but Cam Newton gets gets violently sick the night before the game and can't play. I think they can beat Matt Moore. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, I guess. yeah don't my, if you're not in it you can't win it but my but my point but i guess my my counter to that would be in 2008 that was exciting when they made the play you know it was exciting for the fans when they made the playoff run but ultimately what did what did it accomplish i mean the next season i'd have to look 2000 i mean did they win a playoff game after that no. right no. so jim so, johnson also passed away but that's another story right 
Well, yeah. So a lot, a lot of talk about death today on the. <laughs> but um, so I guess my point is that that my point's this is, then yeah, maybe they make the playoffs. Maybe you know Cam Newton gets sick. Who, who knows what happens, right? I'm maybe right. They, you don't know. You don't know, right? But my point is, unless they win a Super Bowl. Right, like I let, I, let me ask you. you well, both they're this. not going to win it, but by not making the playoffs. Right, you're right. But right, let me ask you this: both, both, both you guys. Is there any instance where you would re-sign Sam Bradford based off of short of winning a Super Bowl? Me. I mean, like no. Okay, so then, no. so, so then, what's the point? What's the because like, what, the point is then don't play the game, don't even show up, forfeit. And New England, forget it. Just take the win. We're staying home. We'll save money. I mean, on, that might be on, the safer on, thing on to ho- do against the on Patriots, a hotel. But I mean, if, why this isn't your <laughs> or, or or let the fans go to the game for for free. Give them all their money back. You're oh, charging but that's a different that's a different discussion. You got to try to win, right? I know. I I this agree. This is high school where you're 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 building kids up to, to play for varsity next year. This but is kind of are at this point. You that is more at this point that that's more what this this team needs more to develop. It's going to change anyway. This even if the, all right. If you're telling me that if they win the division. They're they're going to keep this roster status quo and bring them all back. Then. Well, that's a big that's a terrible decision by the. But that's my point. Off. That's what I might happen that. if they do. It's not. They're not that stupid. I, I, are they? I don't know. They they built this roster. They obviously like these guys. So my point they don't is, they like it as much as they used to. I'll tell you that. We yeah, hopefully. I mean, but 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 my but that's my point. Like, if they yes, win I, the division seven and nine, it's only because they're the, the division was so. But it's still better to. I still think it's better to to go to go to the playoffs than it is to not go to the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. If, you, if but, there's a chance, if there's a chance to go to the playoffs. You got to try to take it. But I guess my point is, and I think this is what the question was was getting at. Like, is it is it bad in the long term health of this franchise no. to trick yourself into these next five games thinking that you this roster is okay? Well, no, that's what you can't. That's but that's the question. point. That's the point. Do I don't think. think be, happens, I don't think. Do I think Chip Kelly and Ed Manowitz are. I know everybody wants to rip them for some bad decisions they made, but they weren't. They weren't flat out stupid decisions. They they were decisions based off. Maybe miscalculating some things. They weren't, you know, they got they culture whatever you want to call it. But I don't think Chip Kelly, if they if they go seven and nine, like I read your story this morning, if all that if all Monday morning, if all that happens and they do win the division, I don't think Chip says, "Oh, we're good now. We're ready." You know, you know what? We don't, we don't we don't need to sign anybody. We don't need. We'll just draft whatever. No, he's not. He knows. He knows that that, that they got it only because of the rest. You know. Tony Romo got got hurt, and the Giants are I don't know what's wrong with them. Um, you know, no, he's not that dumb. Well, well I I agree with you. And, I, and, and that, I think the confidence of the team. I think the young guys like Jordan Matthews, Nelson Aguilar, your boy Josh Huff, to play in a playoff game wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for him. Yeah, I mean, I see I see all those points, but you're prefacing it with the with the but they but they will still make changes. Yes, and I guess will. absolutely. But, all right, and and but I guess my my counter to that is, you're, they're they're like Carolina re- got in the playoffs last year at seven eight and one, right? But didn't they had belong, a quarterback. But they didn't belong in the playoffs, right? Seven eight and one doesn't belong in the playoffs. Agreed. They got in. They won a game. Then they got then they got blown out by Seattle. But then they didn't. They still they didn't say, "Oh, we're good now." They made some, they did some things, and now they're now they're the best team in football. But but I guess all right. So let's say they make the playoffs. They win and they win a game, right? Well, you that, think you right. think, and I right, take away the aspect of maybe Bradford wants to leave on his own. But let's just say Bradford wants to come back, right? And the, the, Bradford plays well over the next two games. They win a playoff game. You don't think there's a better chance they keep this roster intact under that no. circumstance than if than if 
You're not keeping this. This roster is going to look different next year. So, so you, you think short of winning the Super Bowl? So you think no matter what happens over these next five games, short of winning a Super Bowl, he's going to look different. Absolutely. All right. I think the jumping off point here now is, and we'll wrap with this. And and I I see where both of you guys are going. This I think right, I, I think the debate is fascinating. To me, and we'll go to our last Twitter question on this: is what does Chip Kelly have to do, or what could change, or what could make Jeff Lurie get rid of Chip Kelly or change? Now, Mark, you've talked about a lot of changing the roster, and this is all with the uh, kind of overarching theme that chips no matter what back next year. Now, let me present two scenarios, and, and the truth's probably somewhere in the middle. If they go to the playoffs and win a game, obviously chips back next year, and there's probably very little change structurally. If they bottom out and go 4-12 and 12 and give up 45 points a game the whole month of December and the team quits, there might be a chance that Jeff Lurie says, hmm, I might have to make a big change here. So with that, and the truth's probably somewhere in the middle, like 6-10 and 10 or 7-9, and nine, and it's not as ugly as it was the last two games, but it's still not good, what has to happen here for real changes to happen with Chip Kelly, whether that means removing the, the power in the front office from him or removing them all together. Mark, do you think there's anything that could happen to make Chip get fired here? Yeah, you're your one scenario. If, if I think if and, and it's I'm and I'm the Chip Kelly guy apparently, but um, if they lose if they lose out if they go four and twelve and they're and they're as ugly as the last two have been, I don't know how Lori can bring. Them. I don't. I mean, yeah, I don't know how he could bring them back because I don't know of any coach that I don't know of any coach in the history of football in his third year that would end the season on an eight-game losing streak. That's what it would be, right? Eight? Yeah, four and four to four. And eight. So on an eight-game losing streak, that didn't get fired. I mean, it's hard to lose eight straight games in the NFL. I mean, it just doesn't – I mean, you're really bad. Unless it's your first year and you're rebuilding and, okay, and you go – like Jimmy Johnson, his first year in Dallas went one and 15, but everybody knew that. I mean, nobody was expecting anything. In your third year, when you were four and four and – Things were looking good, and you thought, you know, hey, we're on a roll. We're getting ready to make a move now. To lose your last eight, that would yeah, that that would do it. That in, in my mind, I couldn't defend. I couldn't defend keeping Chip Kelly if they lose their last eight and they're and they're bad and they're all and they and they keep giving up. You know, they, they keep getting blown out, and the games aren't even. You know, halftime people are going home. I mean, Jeffrey Lurie's got to look at that. Jeffrey Lurie likes to make money. I mean, let's be honest. He wants to win, but you know, he has a you know he has a monetary investment in this in terms of, you know, he doesn't want to see a half empty stadium in the, in the third and fourth quarters. He, he, he still wants you there, you know, eating and drinking and, you know, let's, if, if they lose their next, what, three, let, let's say. And they could. Is there any, I mean, who's going to that Washington game the day after Christmas? You guys. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I mean, to me, the to me the thing that could make Chip Kelly be not be the coach next season would be a refusal in the off season to listen to Laurie when it comes to potential personnel help. Because, and Mark's written about this, and I agree with it. What the Eagles need this off season is they need someone else in that front office. They need another voice, whether it be who had old that, voice, uh, another yeah. kid either. Yeah, a veteran guy. Whether you know, they need someone. They need a veteran guy in there, not just Chip and Ed Manowitz. And if I'm Laurie, you know, firing Chip, I mean, he's still got two years left on his deal. You're talking about paying a guy $13 million to walk away. Laurie's never done. Right. So if I'm Laurie, I bring Chip in and I go, look, obviously something's got to happen because, you know, even just to throw the fans a bone. And realistically, it's a good idea to bring in a veteran voice. If Chip refuses that help, 
then I think maybe Laurie bites the bull and gets rid of him. Because one, it's just Chip, you, you know, being borderline insubordinate to his boss. Well, but then, two, that, that, then he might quit, right? I mean, that might not, he might not have to fire him. If Laurie says to Chip, listen, I'm, you know, I'm bringing in Bill Polian's kid to beat it, whatever. And Chip says, I don't want that. Or he says, I don't care what you want. I'm the, I'm the boss. I'm bringing him in. Chip might say, well, then I, then I quit. Yeah. Right? Well, I guess that, that that's going to be, to me, that's the one thing that could have Chip not be back next season is a refusal to listen to the, to, that he needs help as a personnel guy. And honestly, I think Chip will listen. I mean, me and you have talked about this, Mark. I think Chip listens to people a lot more than they give more him credit for. More than people realize. I, 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 too much, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I, I think he has this perception out there as like a, you know, like he thinks he knows it all. He's going to revolutionize the NFL. He's He wants complete control, all that. And I think, you know, at any level, if you're that successful, you probably have some components of that in your personality. But I think ultimately Chip does listen to the people around him. So I think that's why he needs a veteran guy in there. But I do think that's that's one thing that could have him bring back. I mean, if they lose every single game the rest of the season, 45 to 7, maybe, maybe Chip, maybe Laurie fires him. But I think, honestly, I think the results of these next five games are should almost be insignificant as to what happens. I think Chip's a good head coach. I think they have some talent on this roster. I think they'll find their quarterback, get some help in the personnel department, and give Chip one more chance, regardless of what happens, pretty much regardless of what happens these next five Let games. Let me ask you this, Elliot. Forget personnel for a second, because I, 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 I think Chip will, will welcome a personnel guy. I really do. I don't think, I don't think that's what Chip's all about. I don't, if, you, if you remember, his, his original quote when he, when he got here was, I just want to coach. I don't want to be involved in personnel. I just think he just he despised Howie Roseman so much that he just didn't want him around. I, I right. really do. I, I think it was more personal than personnel. Um, but let me ask you this: If Laurie says to him, "Let's say it ends, whatever, six and ten, seven, I don't care, whatever it is, it doesn't matter," um, and they have their meeting, and Jeffrey Zari, listen, Chip, you got to get rid of Billy Davis and Pat Shermer. I want both of the, you know, you, I want you back, but you got to bring in two new coordinators. Does does Chip say okay? Yeah, because I think Billy Davis is probably gone anyway, and personally, I think Pat Shermer should be gone. But how many coaches? I mean, a, lot, ever... a lot of head coaches have, have 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 gotten fired for not firing their assistants. I mean, that's that's happened throughout the league every year. You know, that happens a lot. I'm just asking. That. Well, I mean, maybe one, I, maybe on that, one that would be a problem. Maybe on one level, Chip goes, "Well, look, I don't want to work for an owner that's going to tell me how to hire my my coaching staff." So I think there, maybe there's that component, but I don't think it's like you know he's asking. It's not like he's saying you know, cut Malcolm Jenkins. Like it's, it's not, it's not like these guys have performed at a good level anyway. Okay. Yeah, they haven't. And I actually think Elliot, the scenario you painted there is probably the one where Jeff Lurie comes out looking the best because then he did his best. He said, I believed in the coach. I don't want to get rid of him, but he put an ultimatum down. And if, if chip walks, then people are going to say, look, Lurie did what he had to do. And, and he kind of put the ball in chip's court. So I think that's probably the best case scenario for Lurie to, to do that to Kelly after the season. Yeah. And I mean, it could it could happen, and I think and I I think if that's what happens, Chip will listen, and, and Chip will. will yeah, personnel is mean, not going to be. I, I I mean, I'll be surprised, but I don't I don't think getting a personnel guy is going to get Chip up. Like people think, oh, he wants he would never. And again, I want the, the name I bring up all the time is the guy who was here was Tom Gamble. Chip brought Tom Gamble in. Chip yeah. hired Tom Gamble to be that guy, so he's not opposed to having a veteran guy to be his you know eyes and ears. He had him. He had a perfect. He had the the guy we're talking about, veteran guy, been around. He had him. He was in the building. He worked with him. They worked hand in hand. They went to games together. He was here. How he got rid of him? 
and the, the the thing the thing I'll say, and I know we're we're about to wrap up, but the thing I'll say is, so after the Detroit game, I talked to Billy Davis, and I understand that you know, in any professional sport, there's certain you know you're, you're never going to say, yeah, I think the head coach is leaving. Like I get that. So I, when I asked Billy Davis, I said, you know, do you think Chip's going to be back next year? Do you get the feeling that he's committed? And obviously, we all know, even if deep down he didn't think it, he wouldn't say it. He wouldn't say that. But I'll just say from being there and seeing the look on his face and the expression and the way he said it. But I mean, the impression within that coach that, that I got from Billy Davis was there's absolutely no question. Chip's going to be back that, that, you know, I think Mark, you, you've talked to some people that, that are close to chip, you know, throughout the past few years. I mean, I don't, I think the people that, that, that think chip is just going to quit. I, I don't think that's the case. I, I really, really do think he's committed to winning in the NFL. And I think he's right. committed to doing it with the Eagles. So, you know, when people talk about Chip leaving, there's obviously the possibility Laurie fires him. There's all these hypotheticals that involve the personnel department. But I don't think what's going to happen is Chip's just going to go into Laurie and be like, you know what, I'm going back to college. Because I just – it's not the impression I got from Billy Davis just from the way he said it. And that's just not what I what I think is, is going to happen just based off of everything I've learned, you know, from being around this team and Chip the past two years. Or I guess almost three now. We'll wrap with this. As you brought up hypotheticals, Elliot, we'll wrap with this. Uh, It's Monday morning. We're recording this around 11 a.m. Ian Rappaport uh, of the NFL Network reported that the USC uh, took the interim tag off of Clay Helton. He's there under their full-time head coach. And apparently, according to Rappaport, they reached out to Chip Kelly. They touched base with Chip Kelly, then made the move. So I think that kind of goes along with what you're saying, Elliot. Who knows what the conversation was? But uh, if they reached out to him and then took the interim tag off their coach – I take from that is they got a not interested or I'm staying in the NFL or, or just move on with your, with your process. I don't want to be a part of it from chip. Yeah. Oh. I, I mean, you know, obviously we're going off of assumptions and reports, but yeah, I mean, that backs up what chip said. I mean, like, I mean, chip's a prideful guy. Like I, you know, he already makes seven and a half million dollars. I mean, he's not going to make much more money in college. I mean, it's just, he wants to win a super bowl. I mean, that's his, his life goal. I mean, you can say it for every professional athlete, I think for Chip, though, like that is really his life goal. And I think Chip doesn't want to walk out of Philadelphia knowing he failed. You know, I mean, does he love the city of Philadelphia? Is he like, you know, going to live here the rest of his life? Like, I don't know about that. He but bought I, a house you know, in Haddonfield. Yeah, he did buy a house. Right. Well, that's in that's in Jersey. But, well, he, but he wants uh, to post nah, NJ.com. Yeah, exactly. But um, <laughs> I guess my point is, I like. I just think Chip, more than anything in life, doesn't want to fail. And I think that will keep him here. And I think that'll make it work with Lori and the personnel department. Not that there's an issue right now, personally, between them, right? Not anything like that. I just mean, if it were to come to him having to listen to suggestions, I think he would do it. Because I think more than anything, he just wants this to succeed here in his first job as an NFL head coach. All right, guys, we move on. Week uh, 13 coming up. The Eagles will be in New England. You'll be up in Foxborough watching what was an undefeated Patriots team. Now one loss against the 4-7 and seven Eagles. They're reeling. They're uh, reeling the Patriots. I, I, I'm going to call them the reeling Patriots. The reeling Patriots. So you, you guys both think, right, we're all on the same page as Sam Bradford rides in on the white horse and saves the day, right? Yeah, oh, seven, yeah. eight Absolutely. touchdowns. Yeah. Like it's not Bradford's back. Gronk's out. Bradford's back. <laughs> you tell me who's going to win. <laughs> take, take it to the bank. All right, guys. Um, have a great week. We'll, we'll catch you up again next week after the Patriots game. And who knows? Uh, I guess the Eagles could still be just a game out of first place uh, by that point. I'm sure we'll they're, all lose, they're all going to lose again, right? <laughs> They, they, they might. I mean, who knows? Giants play the Jets, and I think the Redskins are home against the Cowboys on Monday Night Football. Who knows? This division's unbelievable. We'll see. All right, we thanks. will. We'll see.
All right, Elliot, thanks for doing this, man. Yep, anytime. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Joe. And thanks to all of you for listening to episode 18 of the No Huddle Show right here on NJ.com. Make sure to follow the podcast, follow Elliot at Elliot Shore Parks, at Mark Eccolo 8, at Joe Gileo Sports, and of course to tweet the actual podcast account at the No Huddle Show. Find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, leave a rating. It uh, helps our show grow. We'll talk to you next week right here on the No Huddle Show. <laughs>